All right, hey everybody, it's uh, time for me to talk about uh, Chapter 4 of The Mandalorian. This is a man that's going to be boring, and, is, uh, and I'm finally in a position where I haven't seen the next episode. It, I guess it came out this morning, it looks like. Uh, I knew they came out on Fridays, I didn't realize they came out Friday mornings, but I haven't seen it or heard anything about it, so that's good. Yeah, so now I'm waiting for the uh, fourth episode to download on this iPad here. I can see the na- the 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 teaser just with one sentence about the episode. Really doesn't give out too many info, too much info. And this episode features another ongoing character, which really plays against our expectations in some sense because of like the, the teaser trailers and the art that was released before the series started. You kind of got, at least this is my opinion, I mean, but Mandalorian does seem like a tale of a lone, you know, person traveling the universe to help people. I mean, also in this case, uh, like the season arc seems to be helping one person in particular. Uh, but, you know, we did it like, I mean, I guess I projected the idea, oh, Mandalorian's got a backup team, like a backing band with the droid and then the character, uh, Kara, uh, Kara, you say Kara, I say Kara, Kara Dune, uh, who's featured in this episode. And maybe a per- Ron Perl, the Ron Perlman esque, uh, uh, engineer, but I don't know. So, uh, I don't know. So, so I guess that's not, I mean, that's a way they've subverted expectations such far, such far, so far. Uh, this episode is also very truly, uh, uh, very um, episodically modular and uh, procedural, like a sleep with me episode should be. Uh, so that was great, and now I'm hitting play. It's probably going to play next last time on there. I'm trying to think if I have any other commentary about this, uh, you know, while we warm up, showing uh, recaps from the last few episodes. Uh, silver armor, you know, the shiny armor. I didn't think about that. That shiny uh, from uh, was it from Moana? That song we're seeing the uh, floating pram. That was the b- biggest mistake of the season. Now you're keeping that floating pram. What did Scoots talk about the most last episode? You know, all the greatest one of the greatest losses in all Star Wars. Not uh, taking the floating pram out of the garbage, even if it wasn't properly working. I mean, here's the thing. I guess they could say they could say, well, actually, one of the stormtroopers, you know, GP forty four forty four five, but actually, they're not stormtroopers anymore. So they probably it's like you, you know, Zeke, uh, like you know, just wear storm, you know, former stormtrooper or a person who acquired the stormtrooper armor, you know, in a mud pie mud pie making dance. Uh, you know, I did. I did take all of the the electronics out. I didn't just didn't keep the top half of the pram because I have one at home. I just took the electronics for it. You know, I'm going to make one of those mini. You know, you heard of a mini bike, right? Scoots uh, pocket bike. Remember those were big, like for seven years ago. We're going to make one of those. Okay, great. So it wouldn't be the episode if I didn't say Werner. Uh, then. Uh, you know, we have the, all the openings, which I talked through. Then we see, like, this great shot, again, where if you don't know anything, if you stay spoiler-free, which I guess if you listen to this, uh, hopefully you're probably asleep anyway. But if you're not, you know, it, you, you won't be missing much because you get to see it through my eyes. You say, well, if you're, gonna see, if you're not going to be spoiler-free, see it through Sco- Scoots' eyes. Because uh, I said, uh, holy... Uh, uh, 
movie. I, I thought this was, a, I said, is that a, um, a fancy fish tank? Because uh, we see some, like, shrimp, brine shrimp-like, but they're blue, swimming around in some stuff. It did look like we were inside of a fish tank, the lights coming from above. Oh, this is a recap. Sorry, I was just looking at my notes for the first time. Recap, Werner, Yoda, uh, Armor, uh, Grief, What, Crib, Hide and Seek, John Wick, Hide and Seek, all of them, uh, all of them, Lucasfilm, Star Wars, Underwater, Fish Tank, question mark, lots of light, blue brine type, uh, sea monkeys, uh, uh, something shrimp, shrimp blue. Kid plays with a frog. Takes a village. Uh, it's like a village. Uh, there's actually, it didn't even. There's like a, a, a carrying droid. Uh, let's see. Everyone's working. Uh, then we get the old uh, thing from uh, every. Everything's picturesque. Holy cow! These people are happy. They're working together. They're working hard. Wiping their faces of sweat. Kids are playing. Wicker soccer, uh, chase a frog, whatever that game was that, that that character played, the super water fun time or whatever. But then we get the old Jurassic Park uh, water moment with the boom, boom, booming, booming, and everyone splits uh, as they say, "Oh boy, here comes the walker." And they said something, like, at first I couldn't understand what they were saying. It was reenact, I heard stuff like reenactment, and uh, I saw it, I heard, uh, you know, our friend Summer uh, made a movie about this, uh, but I could have heard them say, like, uh, something LARPers. At first I thought they said Womp Rat, because that's what I thought they say every time. But they were called, like, they, it was two words, so it took me a long time to parse this out. LARPer. Uh, reenact uh, like in this lord 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 larpers uh uh which is just i mean again this is uh, just my interpretation but these were lord of the rings like a live action role player reenactor kind of uh, people and i'll tell you what they weren't in the fellowship uh they're in the puppy ship uh uh, I don't know if they were on Team Sauron. I think they were like original Sauron, 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 whatever, uh, you know, indirectly working for Sauron. At least we get, or maybe they could work for Sauron. And, and I, I, so anyway, they're Lord of the Rings or LARPers. So Lord, Lord of the Rings, LARP, live action role players. Uh, but they don't. They they play like in a way where they don't ask uh, the other people at the village if they wanted to play. They say we need extras for our LARPing, and they just show up. Uh, believe me, don't worry. The Mandalorian will help us parse and sort this out. Oh, that was the other thing I forgot is uh, that uh, um, the great news is that oh, that I was talking about. You know, the Mystery Bard wrote a, uh, like, did a TikTok uh, in a, a song, a day song, uh, Baby Yoda Lullaby. And I'm so busy with the podcast, I don't know how big virally it went, but, it, you know, it's great news for the Mystery Bard. Uh, by the time you hear this, it'll be months later, but I'll try to link to it. You know, let's re, 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 you know, re, re get it going. Um, so where were we? Okay, Lord of the Rings. Uh, Oh, they also think they can, they, they want a shrimp. This is really a stretch, but, uh, 
LARP, Lord of the Rings LARPers got to eat. That's one of the things the leader says, you know, so they're also taking the shrimp uh, for like a buffet, which is ridiculous, you know. Uh, so they're particularly focusing on one mother and her daughter. Uh, you know, they're particularly impacted uh, by the thing. It's Chapter 4, Sanctuary. Uh, Mandalorian. Then we see the ship in space. Then we see Oso. This is Oso. If you want to talk about Oso Cute, uh, and this has gotten a lot of meme treatment, but you know, like 80s or radio stations in the car with dad. Uh, but Oso's pressing buttons. And again, I guess I got to do another commentary here. Uh, not to go off to, well, it's my job is going tangents, right? And I could tell you that if I would have known about Baby Oso before the season started, there would have been a part of me that like was like, "Oh boy, they're going to be in trouble there." Like, how you can't pull? That's going to be tough to pull off. Uh, so I really have to salute everybody involved in the Mandalorian for successfully pulling this off. First of all, for not hyping it. So even uh, this is one situation where whatever the marketing and creative discussions were, they ended up for the best and it's had a great, much greater impact, but also just how hard it is, you know, just like to make something that parents and kids can watch and enjoy together. That has something that it actually is cute, like Oso, but, uh, that isn't smarmy, I guess, you know what I'm saying? And the main, like the closest to parallel I can draw, because you say I haven't seen Mandalorian scoots, I need more. Uh, I said, don't worry, I got you covered. Uh, is uh, uh, Olaf, uh, the snowman that likes warm hugs from from the first Frozen? And I mean, you think about it, like again, I heard about Olaf before the movie came out, and I think it was on a podcast, and someone was critical of the idea. And I can't, I can't honestly remember at the time if I was like, huh, I'm interested, or I was agreeing and saying, whoa, boy, sounds like a big mistake. And even the Olaf art might have gotten leaked out ahead of time, maybe on purpose in a marketing way. Anyway, first of all, because I was just thinking about this with, like, a Frozen 2, and the holiday season is when I'm recording this, is, like, uh, the idea of a reinvention of a living snow person Oh boy, that is, I mean, I realize this is like 2014 or whatever, but uh, the idea of doing, taking something that's somewhat iconic and plussing it and reinventing it and kind of making its own, uh, man, and then perfect casting, Josh Gad, uh, and then, you know, great songwriting, great writing. I don't know, but that's the closest thing I could say. I guess from someone that makes stuff, I see, how did they pull Olaf off? I mean, you know, before, even before they got Josh Gad, you know, I mean, again, you see, okay, it was all these stages. It all worked out great. And I'd say the same for Oso. Uh, that just, so I guess that's just my meandering way of saying, well done. Okay. So pressing buttons, he, he says, stop. Uh, and then Oso rebels, uh, and he puts Oso in his lap. Then he pulls up a map. Uh, they're going to play something sorghum. They said, isn't that like something to do with like wheat or something? Uh, I said, or bran? Uh, back, backwater. You see the affinity, though. Even though uh, the Mandalorian can be very Scooter-esque or Drew-like, uh, cold, distant, uh, 
He does uh, He does get cutesy. He says, you wanna, we're going to lay low. What do you think that, you little womp rat? Uh, no one will find us. Uh, then the ship, uh, Mandalorian ship, goes over our village. Uh, it gets lots of eyes from the villagers. Which, again, as far as, like, the slow reveals or semi-slow in a 40-minute episode, I said, well, what's going to happen next? Uh, I mean, clearly there's, like, this A-team, you know, procedural element, but you say, huh, how's this going to come together? Uh, then uh, we get more Osoness because uh, he says, uh, the Mandalorian, I mean, this is a bad, is to, to talk about bad ideas, though. He says, why don't you stay behind on the ship, Oso? And uh, everyone that was watching in the world said, what are you thinking, Mandalorian? Obviously, uh, you're not, because uh, he's going to put that ball in his mouth or something. Or, you know, press with so many, you don't have, like, uh, your ship is not childproofed. Uh, but at least uh, this child is so smart, it can advocate for itself. Because, I mean, by the way, kids can't, but this is baby happens to be 50, so... Uh, that's why. So the baby says, even though I'm a still, you know, this is my developmental stages are not the same as a human or most mammals. Uh, I'm going to come with you because I can't be trusted on my own. And I say, man, I wish I could eat, like advocate for my needs like that. Uh, and the Mandalorian says, well, I'm glad you spoke to you spoke to your needs. Uh, I, I don't agree. So he sighs. He, 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 oh, that's when he says, don't come with me. Oh, no, then he sighs and says, come on. Then they go walking. They go to like a kebab and noodles bar, uh, which, uh, hello, Disney. You know, I know you got some other shops at your Disney theme parks or whatever, but uh, kebab and noodles bar would be good. You could put this outdoors somewhere even. And, yeah, I guess you could still charge whatever, 8000 for like a bowl of noodles. So it's a kebab. Yeah, but there's wood, wooden dirt floors. We kind of get an idea of uh, uh, not primitive uh, environment, uh, but a basic environment. I don't mean Eleanor basic. I mean, you know, wooden dirt floors. Uh, Oso meets a cat. Then we see a grouchy soldier in the background. And we get a bone broth shout out. Uh, you know, you heard it here first years ago when I talked about sipping broth being a th- becoming a thing. And I even got turned down by a sipping broth sponsor or, you know, I never heard back from them uh, when they said, uh, you know, but, but that's true. Uh, like uh, they said, you know, I was the one that invented sipping broth, uh, you know, except for the people, you know, 4,000 years ago that did it. Uh, Mando doesn't eat. This also was like, uh, huh, like where you, uh, it's a small way to keep people on the edge of their seat, these different scenes. Or at least to me, they kept me. I said, huh, does Mando eat at all? Like, uh, uh, that are n- not much business. Uh, what does that mean? Not log runner. Uh, but he says, who's that lady back there? Like looking glum in like armor. And she, she, she says, uh, there's not much business here. And she says, I don't know. She's not a log runner. And then she says, oh, this is all like, so this is like, I think this is like a Renaissance fair planet, uh, but not our Renaissance fair. Some other version of Renaissance fair, but also real, but real, like, uh, I don't know how to explain. She says, would you like a flag and a spotchka? 
and uh, he says, keep an eye on the kid. Then he checks the thermal prints. Uh, he can see thermal footprints. He gets tricked by this other soldier, and she jumps down. Uh, they have an arm wrestling match, uh, and they're disagreeing mostly about the rules of the arm wrestling match. And then we see baby Oso sipping bone broth. Uh, and we get a great joke. Uh, you want some soup? Then uh, she's, you know, we get in halfway through her backstory so we don't hear too much, you know, because this isn't a sleep podcast. Uh, I mean, the show isn't. Uh, so she says, yada, 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 drop ships, peacekeepers, early retirement. Uh, she's talking about, oh, what's that? Not Hoth, but that other one, Endor. Uh, let's see. She said, I knew you were a guild, thought you had a fob on me. They said, that was a, like, uh, one of my favorite, uh, Star Wars parody songs that were n- never written, uh, about the Mandalorian by, uh, I don't know, t- take a fob on me, you know, just like, uh, take a chance on me. You've got a fob on me. Or I guess you could sing it as uh, the Jungle Book. You've, you've got a, f- oh no, that's not the Jungle Book. It's Toy Story. You've got a fob on me. Fits so many places, I think, just because of the way the, um, the syllables fall. And now I'm trying now. Yeah, don't worry. I'm going to move on. I was here first. Uh, and again, I like how clear-cut the Mandalorian could be. He goes, oh, well, this planet's taken, kid. Uh, going to have to hit the road. Then he's tuning up his ship, and two villagers come on a skiff. If you want to talk about him, like one of the things this TV show glorifies, it's uh, lanterns. You say, when was the last show with this many lanterns uh, that wasn't based around, you know, that like weren't oil land, you know, that wasn't like, uh, you say Hamilton. I say, well, that's a musical one. You say two, like, okay, Mary Poppins two. And you say, well, were those lamp? Uh, those are were those lamps or lanterns? I'm talking about lanterns, not lamps. You see, this thing has some. You know, if you're into lanterns, uh, or I don't know, maybe like there's somebody like it. They'll they'll come out like one of those people. They say, well, we can't. Our kids today, we can't watch this stuff. It's full of lanterns. Uh, and then next thing you know, there's going to be you know moths coming by. You know, when I was a kid, we sat in the dark, and you say, no, actually didn't, because you probably had lanterns then, too. Okay, he says, excuse me, excuse me, raiders, uh, you know, they say, he says, yeah, they call them raiders. Uh, he said, no, no, empire, they, no, they said, uh, lord of the, lord of the larper, lord, lord larpers. And he said, what is that, some sort of dance, lord larper? And they go, no, Lord, Lord LARPers are, they're bugging us. Uh, we got money to pay you. Uh, uh, and he says, well, not enough to deal with a Lord LARPer. And they go, no, 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 a group, it's a group, not just one person. And the Mandalorian's like, no, no way. You're not going to get me, you don't have enough money in the world to, to pay, pay me to deal with any Lord LARPers. And, uh. He says, how many lulls would a Lord LARPer LARP if a Lord LARPer could LARP LARPs? Uh, and they, he says, they say, well, we like uh, grow Krill and Bruce Spotchka, man. He goes, not enough. Uh, they said, we'll give you more after the next harvest. Uh, and they say, oh, uh, like uh, the, 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 one of the actors in this is somebody I really love. 
um, uh, Eugene Cordero, uh, and but, but, but I have a feeling he'll be a big, big star. Uh, uh, and you, 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 I don't know. I just always enjoy seeing him on the screen. Uh, he, he just has a really nice, uh, especially when he plays this character, where he's a little bit flummoxed. Uh, but he has like this good nature to him. I don't know. He's also very funny. I mean, not in, in this one, he adds a tiny bit of, uh, humor, but not too much. Uh, so I don't know. He's also good at adding like subtle humor. So, okay. Where was I? Okay. Eugene Cordero. Okay. So they say we live in the middle of nowhere. He says, you live in the middle of nowhere. Uh, where's that? And they go, you know, in the middle of nowhere, down the road away. He said, and the Mandalorian goes, uh-huh. He goes, do you, have, do you have a lot of lanterns? And they say, well, we got one right here. Uh, and he says, okay, you still got that money, though? Uh, let's see. Oh, he goes, where? And they go, or what do you do? They go, on a farm. We're farmers. Weren't you listening? Yeah. And he goes, you have lodging. Again, I love how the language they use for the Mandalorian. And at first, oh, they also, I think it was, I don't know if it, like it was Eugene or someone else that said, you just took us a whole day to get here. Now we get to go all the way home. Uh, and then, yeah, I love to, weren't you listening? We live on a farm. We're farmers. Uh, okay, so he says, good. Uh, come to hell. Okay, something. He goes, okay, let's load up the skiff. One more thing. Give me those credits. Uh, and then we see him drop the credits at uh, Cara Dune's uh, uh, thing. He says, I'm going to be, one more thing, give me those credits. I'm watching it now. She's just kicking it by against a tree by the fire. And he goes, you ready for round two? And she goes, hmm. Then they're on the skiff. She goes, then they kind of say, okay, what are we doing? Lorp larder, lore larders or something. She goes, what's a... And he goes, like, they're going to give you a place to stay uh, and will be a deterrent. A pretty good deal. Uh, nothing lives out here. You can handle it. I can handle it. And she goes, Lorp Larders? And he goes, no, Lorp Larders, one of the guys says. And then again, you get this uh, super cuteness. Is there a word like, you know, people used to say H-A-W-T or whatever, hot. Uh, oh, yeah, this is like K-E-W-T-Cute. Uh, let me see what the time frame stamp is. 1327. Uh, Mando kicks back and then uh, Oso kicks back. Uh, super cute. Holy moly. Uh, Mando. Oh, Oso looks at the stars for a second, though. Then they wake up. They're there. Kids come running. They're happy to see everybody. Happy to see us, even one of them says. In uh, Oso. They love Oso. It's a farm. Uh, then we're in a room uh, where the blinds are getting put up by like a, what is kind of like a, a tease out as a, like a, a romantic interest for the Mandalorian. It's just, it's like, uh, she goes, hello, uh, please come in. Sorry, you got to sleep in the barn. He goes, this one is nice. Uh, he, he also is very robotic again. He says, thank you. That's very kind. Uh, her daughter tries to sneak in and makes Mando a little jumpy. Uh, she says, we don't get a lot of visitors. Says, thank you, and nods. Uh, uh, also at 1520, let me see. Uh, it's coming up in a minute. Uh, she, uh, so she says, yeah, stack some blankets. That's very kind, old Mando says. Uh, 
Eyes jumpy. Winter's the name of the daughter. Uh, Mando she says, oh, this man's here to help us, uh, uh, like, uh, get rid of those lorp larder, lorp larpers, uh, uh, yeah, she's protected, protect us from the lorp larders, taking our shrimp and just making us larp with them when we don't even want to. Uh, let's give our guests some room. Mando's standing there. There's some shot I wanted to note. Uh, 1520. Oh, there it is. Oh, boy. No wonder I said noted. Uh, it's actually 1528. It's a shot, overhead shot of the farm. It really is cool. Uh, then, oh, yeah, good shot from the sky. Then Mando's getting ready sequence. Not really sequence. He's just getting dressed. Knock, knock. Come in. We see that Oso has their own crib. Uh, Winter says, can I feed him? He says, sure. Can I play with him? Sure, but a little bit more grouchy. And, he, like, this is how I parent. He, she goes to go outside. He goes, I don't think that's a good idea. And then the woman says, uh, it'll be fine. And he says, I don't think it was good. She goes, it'll be fine. She goes, I brought you some food. He goes, that's very thoughtful of you. This is what I'm like, like, with all interactions. Like, uh, oh, okay, that's very thoughtful of you. And she says, she goes, I'll leave it here. Oh, then he says, yeah, that's very thoughtful. But she stays for a second, kind of looking after him. She goes, can I ask you something? You ever take that helmet off? Uh, uh, or she goes, when's the last time you took it off? He goes, yesterday. She goes, like, in front of somebody else. He goes, uh, huh, when I was, like, their kid's age. Uh, so we get some more backstory. He goes, this is the way. Uh, she goes, isn't it lonely? Not a... Uh, she goes, I could tell you got it. And I say, if you only knew what kind of face was under that helmet, holy mackerel. It's uh, 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 flawless, I'd say. I mean, no no offense to Antonio, because he's not here, but uh, you'd say, who, who gives Antonio Banderas a run for their money? And I'd say, well, one day, if you ever see a helmless uh, Mandalorian, you'll find out. Uh, but she's she's also she's strikingly beautiful too. So to say, holy cow! Uh, you see, that's your like if if they did stay together, but, but that's your child. That that green that green green uh, thing that looks like a lorp larder. They'd say, oh, so used to be cute, and now it's uh, no. That's uh, like a. They say, scoots. Okay, yeah, you're right. Get back on track here. So, yeah, and then she goes, well, let us know if you eat, need anything. And then Mando kind of eats in the window, which did seem like not a great idea. But I guess he wants to keep, maybe the, there's like a two-way window or something. You see the kids in the Yoda, or kids in Oso. Then they go, uh, Kara and uh, Mando go on a scouting trip, more thermal prints, 15 to 20 Lorp larders. But then they say there's something big, uh, and they start looking around, and then they notice it's a ta- it's a print of uh, like a tower. And she goes, "Is that Sauron's tower or Sau- Sauron's tower?" And Mando goes, "I always got those two mixed up." Uh, and he goes, "Was that played by Christopher Guest?" And Cardoon says, "No, not Christopher Guest. Uh, Christopher, not Christopher Walken either." And she goes, the famous actor that Scoots can't think of his name, but neither guest nor walk-in. He goes, Christopher Plummer? She goes, no, not a, no, uh, no, not Christopher Plummer either. And he goes, what do you mean it's a tower? He goes, what do you mean? She goes, it's some sort of movable tower with the eye of, uh, presumably the eye of Sauron. 
And he goes, well, that's not good. Cause, uh, and she goes, yeah. Then we get more, uh, serious comedy more than I signed up for. There's music. Uh, and then the Mandalorian has a town meeting. He goes, bad news. You can't live here anymore. And she goes, nice bedside manner. He goes, oh, can you do better? And she goes, yeah, yeah. What, uh, every, everybody's like, you're supposed to help us. What are you doing? Uh, and he goes, just go somewhere else. Big, big, big planet. Uh, and they go, we've been seeding these pods for generations. Uh, and they go, well, there's at least 20 lore larders. And, and then the, uh, some sort of mobile tower of Sauron or Sauron. And they go, Sauron, it's the eye of Sauron. And they go, which one? Because we're all confused here. And they go, you got Lord Blarders and Sauron. And they said, Sauron, I guess the eye of Sauron. We're not leaving. And they go, well, I don't know what to do. And then the Mandalorian says, unless we show them how. And then you say, okay, I learned this from watching the A-Team. It's time for a planning and training sequence. And so we get one with Cara Dune. Uh, he says, he says, Cara Dune here will uh, do, teach you how to do something. I don't know. So they start making pit, mud pits and trees, uh, you know, like barricades. Uh, uh, the mother, the romantic interest of the, the of, uh, 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 um, uh, Omera, uh, she's a good, she's good at, uh, squirt guns, uh, which they're going to use the old ice water and squirt guns. There's nothing the Lorp Larder hates more than Lorp Larp, Lorp, than cold squirt guns. Uh, and then they have a, a pit for the, the eye of Sauron to, to put it out. Uh, uh, it's a bit bad news bears to start. Um, you know, that's part of a training sequence though. And then they get better. Uh, they also have a moment alone, which is on screen right now, uh, uh, where it's like, uh, what's ha- what's going to happen here? And he goes, we got to go out in the woods now. Also, Cara Dune rolls by when uh, the Mandalorian and Omer are having the moment. Uh, then we got some wood sneaking. Another thing about Lord Blarders is they drink a lot. In this case, they're drinking glow cube uh, drinks uh, with black light uh, into the cup, uh, which I've never seen before. And I think they're drinking, they must be drinking Spotchka, uh, maybe. Uh, because uh, then we see they go into a tent, Karen, uh, uh, Mando. We see vats of maybe Spotchka. And then it's on. And these, these, it wasn't, they do apple bobbing in Spotchka is the way the Lorp larders compete with one another. So, oh boy, does it get crazy because uh, they've never, you know, you can't like with a, like a drink, you like, it's one thing in water or something, but this is, has alcohol in it. So things get crazy. Uh, and then, but the man, Mando and Kara uh, end up on, you know, they end up winning but there's a lot of apples being thrown. Then somebody hops in this Eye of Sauron uh, walking tower. They put Eye of Sauron Bot 2000, and the chase is on. Uh, we see Oso and the kids hiding out in the mist. We see pa- the ponds. Uh, and uh, the, like it was, like then the LARPers show up. Uh, 
they say, ready. Then, of course, this giant tower of Sauron shows up with a glowing eye and everything. It's very intimidating. And it moves. It stops right at the begin, like the beginning of the pit, but isn't in the fall. It doesn't fall in the pit. Uh, shines a spotlight, uh, like out of its eye. You know, just like in the movie. But I mean, more. I mean, that was a movie. This is real for the characters, at least. And the Lord of the, they, then the Lord of the Rings uh, larpers they show up, like throwing apples and saying Spotchka. Then I think he says to Cara Dune, new plan, full circle. Maybe she says, she says something, but it basically is like a, he gives her her his like a trusty like a pole uh, thing and a lightning pole. And uh, cooler out your mind. Come on. But, but like, uh, like uh, what she does is part of his like faith, uh, I believe. And she... Uh, so I don't know. I thought that was a cool little moment that it's like, huh, there's not going to be any callbacks to this or is there? I mean, cause these two definitely have a good working relationship, but so he trusts her with his like most prized possession other than Oso. And Kara jumps in the water. He says, you got this. He's very, they say now or never. Uh, and she says, take the bait, you uh, big eye of Sauron, you hunk of junk. Uh, uh, then it gets stuck in the, in the mud, and they splash the water, put the eye of Sauron out. And they say, we don't even need one ring to rule you all. And eventually they get victory over these Lorblarders who will go running home uh, to their mamas, probably, and say, you know, geez, we're throwing apples at these other kids, and uh, they turn the tables on us with ice-cold squirt gun water. There's cheers. Uh, See, was that the plan? Something like that. Uh, then we see Oso and the frog, like playing with the frog. The kids are like, that's gross. Uh, so I think Oso has Oso's first experience with uh, humor, with going in an idea, like the, like the first stage performance. Uh, where Oso says, oh, the kids liked it when I put a frog in my mouth and then spat it back out. Or did they not like it? Uh, it's tough to tell. But Oso liked it, which is almost so. Oso may become a stand-up comedian or a sleep podcaster. Uh, it makes kids laugh. Thirty, thirty-three. This was a nice scene because uh, uh, so a couple weeks have gone by, according to the um, dialogue, and Kara and Mando are just kicking it. Uh, like literally, this is at thirty, thirty-three. Uh, they are kicking it uh, at the doors of uh, one of their cabins. Uh, like Kara's sitting down, Manda's standing up, leaning uh, like uh, against a wall, which, you know, he does so well. Uh, and then um, o- Omera shows up. Uh, let's follow the dialogue here. Right now, Matt, where uh, Baby Oso is the frog. The kids are laughing. Oh, even Oso smiled. And the frog was happy. Uh, Omer brings Kara uh, a drink. She goes, you want something? And Mandalorian goes, maybe later. She smiles and is like, oh, your, your son's so happy. He goes, yeah, he is. She says, fits right in. And Mandalorian watches her walk off. Kara Dune does the eyebrow thing. And she goes, well, what happens if you take your helmet off? Uh, you get in trouble? He goes, no, you just can never put it back on again. And she kind of looks at him like, are you saying figuratively or metaphorically? And she goes, that's it. Uh, 
And she goes, you could just take off the helmet and settle down here with your kid, drink spotchka, you know, make some, you know, maybe, but like she goes, I have a feeling you're as handsome as, as she, you know, you're both handsome people when it's a compliment. And she goes, what are you thinking, dude? Uh, I don't know, she just has this great performative amusement, uh, like a best friend. I mean, she she's like, uh, and he goes, we really raised some heck here a couple of weeks ago with those Lord Blarders. Uh, they might have gotten on one of their newsletters or something. And he goes, we better move on. We. And she goes, well, I don't, wouldn't want to tell your kid the bad news. And they're playing Catch the catch the Brine Shrimp. Uh, and he goes, I'm leaving him here. And she goes, she gives him a side eye. He goes, me and with me, it's no life for a kid. And he goes, he's safe here. Better chance at a life. Uh, and she goes, well, he's not going to be happy about it because he, lo- he loves you're his papa. And he goes, we'll get over it. We all do. And she goes, that sounds like something. She goes, that doesn't sound like something a modern generation would say. It sounds something old school. Yeah, yeah, big Kira, Kira smile. If I've been calling her something else, Kara, Kara Dune, or Kira Dune, maybe. Uh, let's see, she's softball at the very end. Then we see this elephant-type, uh, you know, member of the guild. And uh, then the Mandalorian rolls up on O'Mara. He says, actually, she has on um, rubber, whatever those things are called, waders, uh, he says, can I have a moment to speak with you? She goes, sure. Uh, and let's see what he says. Uh, he says, it's very nice here. She goes, yeah, I've lived here my whole life. Uh, and he goes, I think it's clear he's happy here. She says, what about you? And he goes, me? No, I'll never be. She goes, are you happy here? And he just he doesn't even say anything. She goes, well, it would be nice if you stayed. The community likes you. She goes, you could pack your armor away, uh, you know, maybe kiss someone. You and your boy could have a good life. He could be a kid for a while. I mean, that one cuts deep, you know. She goes, wouldn't that be nice? Uh, really well done. He goes, it would. So you could, I mean, I don't know, in the fifth watch, this is why I do these shows. It really stood up. Then she holds his helmet like she's going to take it off. Uh, pack all sway, good life. Uh, uh, then. He says, I don't belong here. And she goes, uh, he goes, he does, though. And she goes, I understand. And she says, I could look after him like he's one of my own. And then we hear the beeping. We see the member of the guild, uh, uh, like their tile fob and everything. But then we see Kira, 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 Kira Dune. Uh, she deals with this member of the guild, says, go back, uh, you know, fobless. Uh, tracking, and they say, who's he tracking? You or the kid or me? He goes, the kid. Uh, and then Oso's looking on as they start packing up uh, to go away. Uh, so this is kind of, because uh, they say, yeah, they, they must have uh, the kid's child. Uh, there's nothing we can do. So then we have Oso making an Oso cute face. Uh, Mandalorian's packing up a skiff, uh, packing it twice, a- autopilot skiff, I guess. Kara says, you don't want an escort? He goes, nah. Uh, I, I goes, we're going to just head right to the, my uh, my ship, the Razor Crest. Must be the name of his ship. They do a hand, fi- hand five until our paths cross again. Uh, uh, um, 
The kids are pretty upset to see Oso go. Winter is going to miss Oso. Mandalorian says goodbye to Omera. She, she goes, thanks. Uh, he just nods his head. Uh, and she kind of smiles at him. Oso gets a big hug. He says some cute stuff uh, to the kid. I mean, who knows what he's saying. Maybe he's saying stuff in some sort of force language, too. I mean, he is 50 years old, so if they were playing any games, he would have a distinct advantage, even catch the brine shrimp. Uh, Mando uh, sets everything up in the skiff. Actually, we have like a pretty, pretty long, like five or ten second sequence of him, everybody just watching and looking on. A lot of nodding. I wonder if uh, Pedro Pascal like, has to do neck exercises. He must. Then we get a close-up of Oso's face. It's awful, but sad. And inquisitive and cute, oh so cute, and it ends. Uh, we get the wonderful surprise. This episode was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. I mean, what well, this one I didn't, I knew she directed an episode this season, and I don't know, I, I was having trouble counting the paintings, so I don't know if there's nine or ten paintings at the end, but definitely worth watching. And then let's look, look up a couple things quick from this episode here. Uh, let's see. Still came up Lionel Kitty City. So Bryce Dallas Howard, we, we don't, I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, obviously a great director, uh, but also a great performer. And, you know, because we're, uh, you know, big fans of, uh, uh St- Steven and Jurassic World, Jurassic Park, uh, you know, awesome on Jurassic World. So wouldn't it be nice, uh, it gets said, and that's it, like, I, I talked about this on the podcast before, like, uh, for me, one of my pinnacle moments of uh, consuming uh, film was uh, the first time I saw the movie Roger and Me, and maybe like uh, the second time or third time I saw it too. And then, uh, what's uh, Hamper? Ben Hamper, I think, is saying about talking about the song, Wouldn't It Be Nice? Uh, but Wouldn't Be Nice is a song written by Brian Wilson, Tony Asher, and Mike Love for the Beach Boys. Came out on Pet Sounds in 1966. This is from Wikipedia. Uh, it was put out as a, as a single two months before the album's release. With God only knows as the B side. Whoa, boy, what a what a record! Uh, and in some countries, it wouldn't be nice with the B side. The B side wins again and again, as Chuck D used to sing. Uh, let's see. Wilson did the uh, orchestral. A uh, wall of sound arrangement using a variety of instruments not normally heard in popular music, including accordions and 12-string guitar and a lot of other classical stuff. Uh, Love was not originally listed, listed as a co-writer, but received his credit after uh, having to get having to make, uh, advocate for Mike's love self. It was very, the happy sounding music, according to this Wikipedia, uh, was influential in uh, future pop, power pop. Uh, Tony Asher credits the idea of the song to Brian Wilson. The innocence of the situation uh, like uh, seemed immensely appealing to him. Uh, lyrics were written almost entirely by Asher over the course of one or two days. Uh, Mike loved it and, and the... Um, yeah, ending couplet. Uh, it celebrated adolescence fun and teenage love, uh, but subverts this con- convention 
uh, with uh, the the saying. But I mean, for me, it, it, like it is removed from those meanings of the song uh, from Ben Hamper. Let me just see if I can find that in the um, like references. Uh, there's cover versions. It's got to be mentioned in here somewhere. Maybe it's not. Wouldn't it be nice if we think of it like a, I don't know. That's just for me what I always think of when I think of this song. Uh, unless it's like another song. But I, I think it's like, uh, wouldn't it be nice if we think of it, hope and pray it might come true. We could be happy. Is that another song? Uh, no, wouldn't it be nice? Uh, another thing that came up was like uh, the Oso's relationship with the frog. Uh, reminded me of the film The Princess and the Frog, which was uh, uh, 2009. Wow, it came out 2009 in a Disney film. It was the 49th uh, Disney animated feature film, loosely based on the novel The Frog Princess by E.D. Baker, uh, which is based on the grim fairy tale The Frog Prince. It was written by uh, John Musker and Ron Clements. Uh, Let's see. I like to always see. Okay, so it came out in 2009 for the holiday season, 97 minutes. It cost $105 million, brought in about $271 million. Uh, it takes place in New Orleans, uh, stars Tiana. Uh, and, uh, I, like, I don't want to don't talk about the plot because uh, since uh, probably on Disney Plus, too. Uh, but, yeah, I always love uh, stuff that's based on it. Uh, Let's see. Disney had once announced, this is early development, that Home on the Range would be their last traditionally animated film. Uh, then in 2006, they acquired Pixar. And many animators had been laid off uh, from traditional animation units, but they got rehired back onto the project. Uh, they also brought back Clements and Musker, who had worked on The Great Mouse Detective, The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Hercules, and Treasure Planet. Uh, and uh, they started everything, uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's a definitely a beloved, beloved uh, Disney film. Uh, Cara Dune made me think of Dune, uh, the novel, which this was interesting. So I guess I thought I had talked about, you know, maybe I've talked about Dune, the movie, uh, but I don't think I ever looked up this Wikipedia article about Dune, a 1965 science fiction novel, originally published as two separate serials. I had no idea about that. It was a first installment of the Dune Saga, which I think I've read a few of these books, but my brain is not, uh, like, uh, retained very much. Uh, and, uh, you know, very popular books, a popular movie. I think there's a, was it coming out or was there already a miniseries? Let's look that up. Uh, I mean, it really, like, uh, a David Lynch movie was it who made the first uh, film. Let's see, there's adaptations, there's early stalled attempts, then there was a 1984 film by David Lynch, uh, 2000 miniseries by John Harrison that came out on the Sci-Fi Channel, and then a couple of, oh, there's a 2020 film coming out, uh, uh, yeah, so that'll be interesting. So it's about to come out uh, at some point, uh, and not that far from now, I mean, who knows uh, when you're hearing this. So that'll be something, I, you know, I'll check out too. Uh, yeah, you think that's it. There's other stuff that'll be in the research if you want to look it up. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much for listening and uh, good night.